please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Hi, I'm Greg McIntyre at McIntyre Elder Law, and I'm here with my law partner, attorney Brenton S. Begley. And Brenton's wearing the three-piece today, ready for our talk about guardianships and exploitation and the dangers uh, surrounding guardianship and not being proactive and having really what that leads into general durable powers of attorney, healthcare powers of attorney, living wills, wills, potentially trust, estate planning. It's a lack of choice. When you're in a situation where you have to go after guardianship, I think you're at the last minute and perhaps um, you you have failed to plan or something's going on. Somebody's looking at this. There's some reason that you have to go after guardianship. What do you right. think, Brett? Yeah. You know, guardianship is one of those things. I don't want to scare anyone away from seeking guardianship when it's needed, when someone is in fact, incompetent in the way they define incompetency in, in North Carolina and similarly in other states is the person cannot make or communicate important decisions like healthcare decisions, financial decisions, legal decisions. So if that's the case, then, you know, typically they can't, you know, sign a power of attorney at the time. It's unethical for them to sign some type of legal document. So, you know, they need a guardian. They need somebody to help make decisions for them. And that is absolutely a, a necessity for certain people in certain situations. I but think guardianship is required in certain situations. It is. Because it, they someone hasn't either had the people they can rely on that they need to, that they appointed in a healthcare power of attorney or to handle financial and legal affairs in a general durable power of attorney. They haven't had those people in their lives or they failed to do it and it's too late because they're incompetent or incapacitated. Yeah, or they, you know, had one done a decade ago and that person since passed away. Maybe they didn't name a backup. That sort of maybe it was, you know, never recorded the rest of deeds and was lost. Um, you know, the power of attorney. So there are situations where the person is in fact incompetent, unable to execute a legal document because they lack the capacity to understand it. And, you know, they need someone to help make decisions for them. You know, but there are dangers with guardianship that people need to be aware of. And, you know, it, it is it is one of the, you know, many opportunities for exploitation, uh, you know, first of all. And it's also an opportunity for violation of rights when it comes to the government. You know, when I try to warn people um, about guardianship is that the state has an interest in, in obtaining guardianship over individuals who need it. Now, ostensibly, the state is going to try to prove that a person needs guardianship before seeking that guardianship. But, you know, you can have counties that are very aggressive about making that happen. And what it can lead to is unnecessary, you know, deprivation of rights for an individual, because that's what's happening in a guardianship. We've talked about that a ton, is yeah. that without having the same rights in a criminal trial to take away your freedoms and, and property. Yeah. It's very easy in a guardianship to do the same thing. It is. And circumvent, arguably circumvent the constitution. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, however, uh, there are safeguards. There's a need. It's a balance. It's a balance between safety of adults with adult protective services and the department of health and human services and the courts 
in the best interest of taking care of its citizens. Whereas maybe a family, they perceive a family isn't doing the job they should in taking care of their loved one that needs care. But when you say exploitation, tell me what you mean by exploitation. What are you defining as exploitation and how does that relate to guardianships? Yeah. So, well, exploitation can be outside the context of an actual guardianship where the person may need a guardian uh, to protect them from someone using their money or property for, um, self, you know, self-dealing with their money and property. Now, what I'm not referring to is, you know, using the individual's money or property to help protect those assets or qualify for a benefit to pay for long-term care if you've been named power of attorney and you have the ability to do so, right? So uh, that that is something that happens quite a bit where, you know, uh, an individual is named power of attorney with an understanding that, hey, I'm giving you this power. And in the future, if you need to move assets out of my name and that somehow directly or indirectly benefit you, because uh, a lot of times the the power of attorney is one of their heirs or maybe the, their only heir. Um, they, there's an understanding that if that happens, you know, that's not that's not self-dealing, right? That's mm-hmm. not for the benefit of that end of, uh, of the power of attorney. It's also for the benefit of the principal who makes that power of attorney. But if you're doing something that only benefits you and not the um, individual, then that is self-dealing. That can happen in many contexts whether it's just taking advantage of that person's incompetency or incapacity, or even if guardianship is established and maybe there's some type of, you know, practice in place that the court has condoned that allows a guardian to maybe get paid or take advantage of the fact that they are guardians so that they can, um, you know, make money off of that arrangement. So let me be specific about that. In many states, guardianships can be easily obtained and the person who is guardian can get paid by selling off assets that the um, the ward owns. Right. Uh, so exploitation, you know, there's been a lot of uh, documentaries lately. There's one big one on, I think, Amazon or Netflix about everything that happened in Las Vegas. I think Charlotte's featured in that one uh, yeah. regarding that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Putting people in care who didn't need to be in care. Uh, The person who's appointed as the general guardian over the money and placement is really making a lot of money off of managing that estate. Yeah. And now you have to petition the court to get approval to sell any of the assets that will give you a commission. But if you're a named guardian and that's that's your job, that's your full time job is you're you're an attorney who acts as a guardian. Um, And and, you know, even though you do have to petition the court, what you know, people ought to know is that the court routinely approves that even if it would, for example, kick that ward out of Medicaid. And there's been many cases where I've seen where a guardian, third party independent attorney who is acting as guardian for many cases, um, you know, is is acting um, in, in that capacity for an individual. That person has property, but they're also on Medicaid to pay for long term care and whatever facility they're in. And the guardian, nonetheless, decides to sell their home, which is an asset that's exempt from counting against them for Medicaid purposes so they can receive it and turn it into cash, which is not exempt, um, which means that the, the guardian gets paid their commission. 
all of that cash goes to the facility, even though the facility is being paid by Medicaid already, and the family doesn't have an inheritance um, after that that ward passes away. And it appears that the only reason why they would do that is so that the guardian can get paid their commission. So, you know, also can lend when you're when you're handling a lot of guardianship cases, I think is the general guardian. I want to be careful not to hurt myself here if I ever decide to go that route and handle a lot of guardianship cases. I hope that I would take an individual approach and a holistic approach to looking at the individual situations. I feel like sometimes there's a cookie cutter approach to handling everything. And it's basically sell everything, dump it into an account and spend it down on care until it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Which may, well, be, which may be different than what the wishes of the ward would have been or differs, really differs from their estate plan and what they wanted to do. Well, here's where it gets murky. You know, I, I think that exploitation is a it's a word that that doesn't accurately describe exactly what's going on in a lot of situations. A lot of it's complacency. You know, the intent to do harm is not necessarily there, but harm is done nonetheless. Um, and so if you're a full-time guardian, you're over a bunch of different cases, you know, and you do have the cookie cutter approach. The, the intent is not necessarily to take anything that's not earned by you. Now, as, as somebody who has the incentive and opportunity to take as much as possible and the court's going to allow you to, certainly there's that opportunity there. And for a lot of people, probably hard to turn down, but you know, what's, what needs to happen is an individual, like you said, individual customization approach to each situation so that maybe well, I don't need to sell the house in this situation. Maybe there's something I can work out with the family where the family can receive this as, as, as an inheritance. Maybe if I have, if I'm doing a lot of work and I'm not getting paid because the guardian, I mean, they have to do a lot of work. They should get paid. Maybe the family they would be going yeah. to pay yeah. my bill so that to sell the house. You know, you know they, yeah, I think I think that requires also a deep understanding of benefits and benefit rules uh, like Medicaid, long term care, Medicaid, special assistance, things like that as well. Um, it's, it's just a broad skill set, which which, you know, it's why I would really implore listeners. Uh, because. I'll throw out another situation, which I see happen all the time, probably talked to several people this week already about this situation. Adult Protective Services was contacted by a third party. Could be a caregiver, could be a neighbor. Uh, See those situations all the time. Could be somebody at the hospital. But there's a concern listed that maybe proper care isn't being given to a loved one. And sometimes this is very offensive to the family because you have an Adult Protective Services social worker showing up at your house to investigate what's going on. And you have yeah. to cooperate with that. And, on, you know, the social workers have a mandate under the law to investigate any legitimate reports. Yeah. And so they're out there doing their jobs. And you're looking at a situation where a, a guardianship application could be filed by the county, social services, adult protective services. And you're fighting with social services to show that you've been giving great care and should be the guardian or that the guardianship isn't needed because there's a general durable power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney. And this person made you that a long time ago. That's the power of estate planning. 
and getting in place the general durable power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney. Because under the statutes in North Carolina, Britain, do you know who's given extreme prejudice and preference and who would be the, the guardian? And our powers of attorney state that if a guardianship petition is brought, mm-hmm. that you wish that your appointed agent under the power of attorney to be also named your guardian. Right. So you get preferential treatment there if you have those documents in place ahead of time. Right. I mean, yeah, a lot of these problems with guardianships could be solved with estate planning and should be solved with estate yeah. planning. Well, that's the tragedy is that nine times out of 10, whenever you're dealing with a guardianship, whenever you're dealing with exploitation, it is a lack of proper estate planning. You know, we don't just talk about estate planning just to express your wishes. We don't just, you know, want and encourage people to do estate planning to protect assets. We also understand that there is the opportunity for exploitation in many different forms, whether it's through intentional exploitation or just the system that we're working within. Or systematic exploitation by system that's meant to protect people from exploitation. That's exactly right. How ironic. However it happens. And we, you know, each individual is responsible. You have the accountability while you can still make decisions to protect yourself from that system or any exploitation at all. And it starts with a proper estate plan, a well-drafted estate plan as well, because not all right. estate plans are created equal. You know, and some and I'm not just talking about powers of attorney here. I mean, we, right. we're kind of in a guardianship sense. We do so many times because we're talking about guardian of the person, which is health care, which is health care power of attorney or guardian of the estate, which is the general durable power of attorney over legal and financial matters or combine those to a general guardian who's over both. But the reason trust matter, the reason trust planning, the reason um ladybird deeds matter to protect the home you know deed protections or trust pl- planning is because you've really and even wills right you, you, yeah. you've scheduled what happens to your assets you've laid out what your estate plan is you've appointed trustees you protected assets yeah and a big thing about a trust too is that a lot of times uh depending on the type of trust you know even if a guardianship is obtained over an individual if their assets are in a great point trust, a great point i love right, that you removed from the guardianship the medicaid trust, asset protection trust that's right you laid on me i'm interrupting tell me you just i got me uh, excited yeah, so, talking to church so, you know you got the, the medicaid asset protection trust or various types of trust that can be drafted in different ways the assets that are in that trust are outside of what they call the guardianship estate so the guardian who becomes guardian is, is not that it does not have any control over that. Right. Has no ability. The court has no jurisdiction over those Preacher, assets. Brother. Those trustees, those trusted individuals that you picked beforehand when you're competent, when you're able to do so, those are the individuals that have power over that. So it doesn't matter if they get guardianship over And you. you'll see the courts. You'll see the courts and guardians try to butt in. Yeah. And and try to find out what's going on in that irrevocable trust and who's right. the trustee and everything else. And you know what you tell them? That's none of your business. That's exactly right. And and they have to understand that. And, and we politely explain that to them. Yep. And many of them do understand that. But we've had times where guardians or guardian items or others have tried to poke in and dink around with what's going on in an irrevocable trust or what that estate plan is or those assets or pull those assets into a guardianship. And that's not going to happen. That's a no-go. Those right. are separate protected assets that even if a guardianship was obtained, are handled by the trustee of that trust. Right. Totally and 
And, and that depends on, too, the drafting of that document. You know, if the document is drafted correctly, that means that those assets can't be pulled into the guardianship estate. So can't stress enough that notwithstanding the fact that it, it is important to have an estate plan, you also need to make sure that the estate plan is drafted properly. The best way to make sure is to go to the individuals who, who are professionals and do that on a daily basis. Because, you know, when you you don't want to get in a situation where you're trying to use the power of attorney and it doesn't work. Where it gets well, it's job. just the planning so nuanced. I mean, if you right. notice, I took a specific path and arrived at a conclusion that you really have to go through a, a lot of steps legally to get to where I said Medicaid Asset Protection Trust, right? Which is a certain type of irrevocable trust. We, I could have right. said irrevocable trust, right? But I did not say revocable living trust, right? And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, you could, you know, you could have a trust put in place that doesn't do a darn thing for you when it comes to guardianship or asset protection. That's right. That's right. A revocable living trust is an example of that. Uh, that could be still included in the guardianship estate or be subject to deeming that as your asset if you had a long-term care situation, right? Exactly. So, yeah, it, it's going to the right source that can you can trust to investigate those nuances and put the right yeah. plan, individual plan in place for you and not yeah, a cookie and cutter. And I'll make one more point. You know, one of the things that I've drilled into people's heads, and if you've listened to anything we've talked about, you've probably heard this a bunch before, is, you know, probate is this default process that you want to avoid. And what it is is a court-mandated process that if you don't set things up beforehand, you have to go through. And the court is asserting jurisdiction over the assets and appointing somebody who's a court officer, the executor, to act on behalf of the court to, you know, distribute those assets, pay claims, all that stuff. So it's this default process where the court has to get involved if something's not set up. Guardianship is the same thing. It's just during the person's life. So what you want to do it is an estate. Avoid- it's called a guardianship estate. That's yeah. that's what you have. It's a guardianship yeah. estate file. It is set up in the estates division, the same as a probate case after you die. Exactly. So you want to avoid the opportunity for the court to assert jurisdiction over you, great your point. money, and your property. So you want to avoid that at all costs. Okay. Um, and really the best way to do that is with a properly drafted estate plan. I knew there was a reason you were my law partner. <laughs> Hey, man, I've enjoyed it as always. Um, I hope everybody else has enjoyed the discussion as well. You know, so really our commitment to have these discussions at least weekly and bring you valuable information on different subjects, even if they're controversial. We vowed this year going into 2023 to not steer away from controversial issues and just keep it nice and vanilla. We're going to speak frankly together about legal issues, problems, problems that we're facing, problems with running the law business. Uh, you know, just we're going to lay it bare and hash it out. I think um, that we will benefit and you will benefit from that process. So thanks for tuning in to the Elder Law Report. Brenton, thanks for, for having this discussion with me. Okay. You were preaching there for a little bit. I felt like I was in the audience, man. I was mm-hmm. good. And, and uh, tune in next week for the Elder Law Report. See you guys. Please don't wait. It's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Life is busy. We all know. 
We put off planning till things get slow Tomorrow's never promised today Don't get too busy and let it all slip away Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Foundational planning or more complex We can help when you're perplexed If a loved one needs long-term care We can help avoid some of the scare Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Benefits and even probate We take the planning piece off your plate If you or your spouse were in the military We can help with benefits for your family Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Please don't wait